Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It's PFTOT, the post-PFT live show we do every weekday to get to some of the things we weren't able to get to during the three hours we have allotted during PFT live. Chris Sims with me, as always, well, at least Monday through Thursday. Tomorrow I'll do it by myself, but somehow I'll figure out a way to manage. Chris, in San Francisco, they're trying to figure out how to manage a bad situation over the past couple of years, unfulfilled expectations. We dealt last week with the notion that there's some sort of friction between Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, and John Lynch, the GM. You and I agree that it's urgency, not friction. But I think for the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that urgency takes on a greater importance. When you consider that after this year, there's no further fully guaranteed money. There's a $4.2 million total cap charge if they would move on from him. They can cut their losses. Now, it would be about $60 million that they would have paid him over two years. But they could move on to another quarterback after this year if they want to. And I think they need to see Garoppolo play the way they expected him to when they traded for him. Yes. Or they may decide to look elsewhere and see what other options are available at the position. Yeah, huge year for Jimmy Garoppolo. Huge year for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, everybody involved. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I can't sit here and see how the 49ers would just be absolutely sold that the guy is definitely the guy for five or six years down the road. There might be things you like and go, oh, I like this about him, and he has the potential to be that. But, one, he hasn't played a lot, like you said. Two, you know, hey, the injury thing is real. I mean, we talk about it with Carson Wentz and all these other guys all the time. Jimmy Garoppolo got made two starts with the New England Patriots. He got hurt in the third game, right? Uh, and then here we go with the, the, the San Francisco 49ers, and it's early in the 2018 season against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's hurt again and misses pretty much the whole year. So uh, all those things would concern me. It's definitely a big year for Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think that, yeah, he's got to not only stay healthy but have consistent good play, I think, to see the remainder of his contract. If they go 7-9 and nine and – the, it's all over the place. I mean, I don't know. Are, are you with me there? I would think that they would look for changes and, and maybe try to find another avenue. Hey, that's why I raised the point. I looked yep. at his contract earlier today because I saw he had some comments yesterday about learning how to avoid injury. It's not just avoiding injury. It's being able to play and playing well. Yeah. Or it is easy for the 49ers to move on. If they just want to say, you know what, we're not going to throw good money after bad. We paid him $60 million for two years. We can get out of this with minimal salary cap heartache, and we're just going to do it. And we're either going to draft a guy or we're going to try to uh, – trade for a guy, sign a free agent, whatever the case may be. And, you know, I've joked in the past that Kirk Cousins eventually is going to be back on the market as it relates to the Rams. Is it a joke to suggest that Kyle Shanahan may want Kirk Cousins in two years? Well, I I think that that was definitely on Kyle Shanahan's radar when he originally took the the San Francisco head coaching job. Uh, I do think that there was thoughts not only by him, but probably even Kirk Cousins of like, oh, when I'm a free agent, I'll just go, you know, team back up with the guy that drafted me in Shanahan. So uh, I would be, you know, I, I don't think it happens this time around because Kurt's three years there, right? So he's still got two more years in Minnesota. I don't think 
they can abandon their contract after next year because they could trade. They, they could, could trade. trade. That would be it's the only thing. It's a low thing. signing bonus. Right. Low signing bonus, fully guaranteed salary, so they could trade him to the 49ers for next year. That'd be a, that would be interesting. Yes, I know. Would if it, the if your Vikings underperformed again, and okay, the 49ers were kind of like, gosh, we saw some good from Garoppolo. We saw some bad. We don't know what he is. Hey, I, I'm, I hear you. That would be interesting. I do think that the, the Shanahan family loves Kirk Cousins uh, and would always uh, want to welcome him on the team if they felt like the timing was right and there was an actual spot for him. Yeah, and if you can get away from your current starter who you signed to a record contract at the time with minimal cap consequence, it's easier to absorb that salary for next year. I mean, they're going to pay yeah. Garoppolo like $24 million next year anyway. What's another $5 million if you get the guy you want if you decide Garoppolo isn't? Look, there are going to be some people who lose their minds about this suggestion, but I think that it's something we have to pay attention to. We're irresponsible if we don't because we have seen things like this play out in the past. Yeah. All right. The Seattle Seahawks have signed Ziggy Ansah, the former top 10 draft pick of the Detroit Lions, became a free agent, had a franchise tag year, only played in seven games. Lions let him hit the market. He was on the market for two months. Now it's a one-year deal, $5.5 million for the first year, $8 million in incentives. But on the heels of the news breaking that the Seahawks had signed Ansa. There's a report from Adam Schefter of ESPN that Ansa has that shoulder injury that could eventually cause him to miss the first month of the season. Now, some are suspicious that maybe another team that wanted to sign Ansa is putting that out there, possibly the Buffalo Bills. But regardless, if the guy can't play for a full month, number one, what's the hurry in signing him? Number two, why do you give the guy five and a half million if uh, if you have this concern that this is a guy who may not be healthy until a month into the season? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I mean, from people I talked about or talked to in the NFL about Ziggy Anza, not even in light of this new recent news, but more in the draft process and in the combine and where it's at. Yeah, I really expected Ziggy Anza to be a training camp type signing. You know, it sounded like to me, to at least the people I talked to around the NFL, is going to be one of those deals where teams were going to bring him in in training camp when they looked like he was healthy, reevaluate the shoulder, you know, give him the checkup, and then we'd see movement as far as transactions and trying to get him signed and all that. Now, obviously, Seattle has a need for the position. There's no Frank Clark. I know they drafted LJ Collier in the, in the first round. They do put a premium on pass rushers. They're always trying to collect them. So maybe the Seahawks just felt like, okay, fine, we'll deal with it, you know, not having him for the first few weeks. As long as he's healthy for December, and a playoff run, maybe that's how they're looking at it. But I'm with you. I don't know if there was that concern. I don't know why you would rush to sign a, a guy this time of the year if you're not sure he can play the month of September and help out, uh, help out your team. Yeah, it, it really is odd to me. And the Seahawks apparently have the comfort level that they're willing to go yeah. forward with. And it could just be sour grapes on the part of the teams that didn't get Ziggy Ansah. But if anyone is assuming that Ansa is going to be there week one to wreak havoc for the Seahawks, that may not be the case. It may be something that takes a while for him to justify the investment Seattle has made. All right. There was news yesterday from Andrew Marchand of the New York Post that NFL Network has slashed $20 million from the budget. It's resulting in the cancellation of multiple shows. And this isn't about whether or not they got rid of the right show or kept the wrong show, whatever the case may be. This is about what that $20 million budget reduction may signify. The, it could be, because consider this. 
after the 2020 season, the current labor deal expires. We're not that far away from it. It could be that the NFL has commenced the process of tightening the belt in advance of a potential work stoppage, whether it's a lockout, whether it's a strike. Lockout initiated by management, strike initiated by the players. Either way, cutting that money out of the budget so it's easier to absorb a season without football if it ever comes to it. And that may be the message here. That may be the signal. This may be part of the broader dance between the league and the union, Chris, with the league making it clear to the union, we're beginning the process of cutting corners here because we understand that this fight may ultimately result in right where we were in 2011, but instead of getting a deal done at the start of training camp, we just don't get a deal done and we miss a year of football. All right, so, I, I mean, I don't doubt. Have you heard some of this, or is this just you, Mike Florio, smart lawyer, businessman, thinking ahead and trying to get in the head of the, the NFL's uh, brains here? Let, 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 me, let me put it this way. Yeah. A distinct percentage of the things that I couch as my ideas yeah. are not my ideas, but for reasons related to sensitivity of sources it's presented that way it's presented to you right because you've had conversations yeah. with people you trust saying, around the I, nfl i'm that, not saying that yeah. that's the case here right all i'm saying is don't be surprised if this is the first step and the point is keep an eye going forward on any evidence of any type of cost cutting that that could be code for we're ready we're ready for the fight. We're ready to go for a full season without revenue. And, look, that's the bottom line. The, the, the players won't do it. Chris, you were part of the union. The players won't strike. The owners will, if push comes to shove, go without football, or they'll go hire replacements. But the thinking is the players won't do it. And until the players decide that they will, and why would you? Yeah. You're playing for a short period of time. You're right. going to give up a full year of your career yes. to help somebody down the line who's not even playing Pop Warner football yet get a better deal. Right. Why are you doing that? Why are you giving up a, a chunk of what is a short career? That's the problem. The careers yes. are too short for guys to give up a full season. A exactly right. And then the majority of the league and, and the guys that would be part of that strike, they don't have enough money as is or just started out in their year one or year two of their career to where they can't continue to make life go without a little income flow for a full season. So that's another issue, too, and the owners don't have to worry about that. Why? Because they're billionaires, and they have lots of money already, so they can sit on their butts and wait for the best deal. So you're right. It's it's uh, going to be tough for the players. They're going to have to draw a line in the sand and find some way to, to stick to their guns in the negotiations. But, you know, owners do have more of the power or leverage in these type of situations. The one thing the NFL doesn't have to worry about anytime soon is going the way of the AAF. And when this is all said and done, there will be some compelling documentaries, maybe a full-length feature film. I, I think plenty of chapters still left to be written in the book of the demise of the AAF. An interesting nugget, though, in the latest story from Sports Illustrated about the AAF. Because, you know, at a time when nobody is getting paid what they were owed by the AAF, Marshawn Lynch had a very specific debt from the AAF and it was paid. Lynch was at the quarterback draft they did last November. They tried to make a big deal about it. It didn't really resonate, but it was where the teams went through and determined who of the quarterbacks who already had signed up to play in the AAF would be allocated to which teams. Lynch attended because his cousin Josh Johnson was the first pick, even though Johnson never actually played in the AAF. But they wanted to interview Lynch. So Lynch said, in order to interview me, I want $5,000. So they said, fine. They went to write him a check. He said, no, I want cash. 
and make it in quarters. <laughs> so they produced 20,000 quarters. Charlie Ebersol went and got 20,000 quarters. Marshawn Lynch did the interview. The interview never aired because he what? probably didn't say anything. It never aired, but he got $5,000 at a time when at a time when plenty of people are getting nothing, when they have real expenses that were incurred in reliance on the AAF actually being a legitimate business operation, Lynch got his five grand for something that he did but never actually made its way to TV. Well, one, I, I mean, the banks have $20,000 in quarters hanging around. That, to me, was amazing in itself. Two, I think I would have took the context clue of I want twenty or $5,000 in quarters. I know that yeah, I messed that last sentence up. But if they wanted $5,000 in quarters, I would have took the context clue of, oh, he doesn't really want to do, do the interview. Exactly. Right. And don't go get it. And then, of course, it didn't get aired because I'm sure the interview wasn't that good or Marshawn Lynch didn't say something. So, yeah, more a part of the – you know, debacle of the AAF and just some weird head-scratching things that went on over the last year. Maybe they were saving the interview for the championship game. Maybe that's the oh, halftime of the championship game, in. our exclusive Marshawn Lynch interview from seven months ago. Um, maybe they can sell that interview now. Maybe they can get the 5000 back in quarters and give it to the uh, the creditors. There's nothing funny about it for the people who got stiff, but it really is a farce when you it's think amazing. about this, they led us to believe this was going to be a legitimate league. Chris, you and I spent time paying attention to it under the impression this was going to be a legitimate league and right. it was anything but. And we keep finding more and more out to that effect. All right. The Titans believed Corey Davis would be a legitimate player when they made him somewhat of a surprise top 10 pick a couple of years ago. He now says as he enters his third season, he's hoping the game will slow down. When we talked about this earlier, Chris, you had a strong reaction. That what, What's your thought when you hear a guy like Corey Davis say he hopes the game slows down? You know, I, I, you know I, and this is my thought. First of all, I know these are young guys, but again, the 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 – you're a top 10 pick. You're a top five pick. Uh, the, my reaction to that is it, we shouldn't be talking about this going into year three if you're a top five pick. And I don't know if you're worthy of a top five pick if, in fact, we're still talking about the game needing to slow down for you uh, going into year three. I think he almost justifies that notion right there in that fact with that statement to me where, you know, again, yeah, I mean, it's just a little troubling to me, especially at the wide receiver position. I think it's more, more that you hear about this at quarterback than you would hear about this wide receiver. Again, wide receiver is about going out, running the route you heard in the huddle, and then run that route to your best capabilities and get open and, and go snatch the ball out of the air. And, you know, you, we never heard guys like Odell Beckham Jr. or Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins make comments about, ooh, the game needs to slow down. You know why? Because they were so physically gifted that the first practice they were on the field, the game was slowed down. And they were like, damn, this is the NFL. I'm the man here just like I was in college. Nothing's changed. Okay, awesome. So that to me just scares me. Not to say he can't be awesome this year or whatever it is, but when I hear things like that, uh, yeah, I just go, ooh, I don't know if that guy's worth the top five pick if we're still talking about that here in year three. And regardless of whether the game slows down or even needs to slow down at this point for Corey Davis, there is kind of a rule of thumb for a first-round receiver that if it hasn't happened by the third year, it's never going to happen. So this is the year to it, make it work. Yes. It's, it's, it's upper out time for Corey Davis. And slows down, doesn't slow down, speeds up, doesn't speed up. Bottom line is if you don't produce now, chances are you're never going to. Yeah, no. And, and, and again, you know, I'm not – I mean, I don't know this, but I look at context clues. They can't be that happy. I mean, they needed help at the receiver position 
position regardless, but, you know, they signed Adam Humphreys in free agency and then go out and draft an A.J. Brown in the second round out of Ole Miss, who a lot of guys thought was maybe a first-round talent. I think that there, too, tells you that, you know, they're not necessarily excited about their number one target on the team. They're going to have to make that fifth-year option decision by next May. There's no way they're picking that up. They're looking at about $16, $17 million not right now in salary because he was a top-ten pick. Right. Yeah, and it's So he'll be in a contract year next year. So if year three doesn't work out, year four, you'll have every reason to come out and have a big season because year four is the opportunity to show what you can do and get paid. It's almost like a Cordero Patterson situation where maybe at this point he should just try to focus on, if it doesn't work this year, developing other skills like Patterson did. To his credit, yeah. it never really worked for him as a downfield receiver. Receiver. He found other things he could do, and he's crafted a nice little career for himself. If it doesn't work this year for Corey Davis, Chris, maybe that's what he needs to consider. Uh, you you got to do anything you can to get on the field, stay relevant, show the, the show. Hey, the more you can do, right? That teams love to hear that. The more you can do, if you can do more than one thing on a roster and fill holes and and bring different things to game planning on a weekly basis, you certainly increase your wealth. And yes, Cordero Patterson is the perfect example of that. Hey, that's been my entire goal throughout this 20 years or so I've been in this business. Do as much as you can. Now, I don't do much of it very well, but the more you do, the greater the chance that you can kind of hang around a little bit longer than maybe otherwise would. All right, we've hung, hung around long enough for this Thursday. Chris, enjoy your your weekend, your normal weekend. I mean, most people celebrate a three-day weekend. I, if you have a three-day weekend every weekend, what's there to celebrate? No, so I, I know, find ways to do it. I tell you, I find ways to celebrate it regardless. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine what that involves. <laughs> you got a four-day weekend coming up in a few weeks, oh. which makes, I guess, it special because of Memorial Day. Oh, now, great. That's now, awesome. On, now, on, on, well, are you like the typical person with the four-day work week that when there is a holiday that lands during the week, you still work the other four days, or is it a three-day week for you? Oh, uh, no, I, I I mean, this time of the year, there's no games going on. Anytime I can squeeze three days of work into a week, I'd rather just do the three days. Yes. I, I thought that was going to go a different way. Yes, right. I thought you did. <laughs> yeah, I bet you thank did. You, nope. Thank you for helping me get through the slow times while we come up upon our hiatus that will be here before you know it. End of June, we go off for a month. But, uh, you know, it's a challenge. It's It's a lot harder. I know we got to go, but it's a lot harder this time of year to come up with content. Rest of the year, it's fallen out of the trees. It really takes planning and thought and creativity to fill up three hours and the extra 20 minutes that we do. Yeah, it does. But we I feel like the, this week especially, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of fun on the show all week. So somehow, some way, you, me, Stats, Matt, Casey, we found enough crap to talk about and have fun with. And uh, I, I've enjoyed coming to work every day this week. Well, we'll find a lot of crap to talk about tomorrow, even though Chris won't be here to talk about it. Everybody have a great Thursday, Chris. Great work as always. We'll see you tomorrow with another edition of PFT Live. Big Cat will be in the building. PFTOT, Chris Sims Unbutton coming up later today. Yep. And check us out all day long at profootballtalk.com. Everybody have a great day. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. 
try the $5 bacon bundle because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle, follow your crave.